Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A battle over homelessness is escalating in Sacramento. County District Attorney Tin Ho sent a letter this week threatening to file charges against city officials over their handling of Sacramento's homelessness crisis. Ho gave the city 30 days to act on a list of demands. They include opening emergency shelter spaces and auditing spending for homeless services. In response, Mayor Daryl Steinberg publicly pushed back, saying the city is already working on many of the requests. Steinberg directly addressed Ho from the city council chamber. Your political stunt today, the second such stunt in little over a month, is bad faith. Your public posture is at best disingenuous and at worst, dangerous. Ho was elected in 2022 after vowing to address Sacramento's homelessness crisis. He began his public fight with City Hall officials last month when he launched an investigation into officials' conduct. Ho said Sacramento City officials are inconsistent in enforcing rules, including an ordinance to keep sidewalks clear of encampments, resulting, Ho argues, in an unprecedented public safety crisis. Standing water in Kings and Tulare counties in the San Joaquin Valley has led to a proliferation of mosquitoes. And as a result, KVPR's Kerry Klein reports that big bucks are being spent on abatement. Not surprisingly, one big problem area is Tulare Lake, specifically the southeast corner in Tulare County. According to Jacob Davis with the Tulare Mosquito Abatement District, that's where the water seeped into shallow fields of tangled plants. The fish that are in there can't get to the mosquito larvae, and that's where the mosquitoes just thrive. In response, the state has footed the bill for mosquito abatement with more than $6 million in disaster funding. And for the first time, Davis's district has purchased a drone, an amphibious vehicle, and even an airboat. This is uh, unprecedented. All this to mitigate the spread of mosquito-borne diseases like West Nile virus. West Nile has already been reported in humans in Merced, Kern, San Bernardino, San Joaquin, and Tulare counties, and in mosquitoes in 26 other California counties. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. 
Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there. I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. For a lot of parents, having no one to care for their children means they often just don't go to work. And that can be bad for their employers. One study found that businesses lose $23 billion every year due to childcare challenges faced by their workers. So some companies are taking matters into their own hands through employer-sponsored care. KQD's Amanda Stupai tells us more. I want to take you on a little trip to a place I'm calling Childcare Utopia. (laughs) The halls are filled with kids' artwork and bulletin boards highlighting classroom activities. Little white lab coats hang in a room dedicated to science. And outside, there's space to play and get dirty. The staff here are relatively well-paid, no kids are turned away because of capacity issues, and Child Care Utopia is located right next to where the parents work. When I had my oldest daughter, Rosie, um, she was at the center that was right across the street from my office. Nikki Dupold runs workforce services at Genentech in South San Francisco. Her department oversees employee amenities, like this child care center on Genentech's campus. Twice a day, I would come over and nurse her. I could take, you know, 45 minutes in the morning, 45 minutes in the afternoon, and just go over and, and be with her. Obviously, calling this utopia is an exaggeration. Kids still act like kids, and parents still pay a lot for this care. But in the mess that is America's child care market, this feels like a dreamland. Dupold had her kids in Genentech's child care center for eight years. During none of that time was I ever considering leaving. Genentech has never calculated in dollars how much its on-site child care benefits the company. But one place that has is Ventura-based clothing company Patagonia. Like Genentech, Patagonia consistently appears on lists of best places to work. And their corporate marketing materials tout work-life balance as a guiding philosophy, not a business decision. But the business case is hard to dispute. In 2016, we estimated a 91% return on investment. That's Cheryl Shushin, Director of Global Family Services for Patagonia. She says that figure includes savings on recruitment and turnover, the advantage of consistent productivity, and tax benefits. We've been in business for 40 years, and back then, if you wanted to provide childcare, then you opened a childcare center yourself, which is what Patagonia did. A lot has changed since 1983, when Patagonia first set up a trailer in their parking lot. They now have 24 classrooms spread out over three different work sites. But Patagonia still runs all of its family services in-house, and childcare employees receive the same benefits that the corporate employees do. Leah Austin is executive director of the Center for the Study of Child Care Employment at UC Berkeley. She says company child care programs that prioritize child care workers present an opportunity. Let's learn from these conditions. Do we have lower rates of turnover in our workplace when our families have access to child care and the workers themselves also 
are being paid well and have good working conditions. Having examples to study is important. But Austin says nothing short of major policy changes and greater investment by the government will be enough to clean up America's child care crisis. I guess a question I would ask to employers who are offering this, um, you know, what role they have in policy advocacy for a more comprehensive child care system. But for now, the Center for American Progress says 60% of Californians live somewhere where child care is difficult to access. For The California Report, I'm Amanda Stupai. Amanda's story was produced with support from the USC Annenberg Center for Health Journalism. Support for The California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with more than 850 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved children and youth. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And that is this edition of the California Report for Wednesday, August 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. And remember, you can get all your statewide news on the California Report podcast. Subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez. As always, thanks for listening and have a great day out there. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.